Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tonight we mourn the loss of another Pride member or two, and we finally get the identity of the alien son. Stick around on the Runaways After Show on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz What's up, everyone? We are here for the after show for Runaways Season 3, the final season. So bittersweet. We are talking episode 3, Lord of Lies. Not Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Lies. But it's starting to look a little bit Lord of the Flies. I don't know if you know that book, but it's getting a little brutal, this episode. (laughs) I'm your host, Ollie Drennan, and I'm joined by a fantastic panel of Runaways. We are missing a Runaway. She's MIA. I don't know if she's... She's run away, and yeah. I, don't, I really hope that Shay Jones isn't possessed by an alien life form. Let's hope not. I think she um, is. Oh, oh well, we'll see. We'll we just see. went there. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if we can get that life form out of her. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm still joined by Mino. Hi, everybody. Yes, welcome back. She is a OG from the Runaways panel. You know, we've been holding it down ever since season one. This is one of my favorite Marvel-adjacent shows. Mm. I really like it. Do you have a favorite Marvel character, Amina? I do have a favorite. It's <laughs> I'm a diehard Thor fan. Yes, that's good. Well, Only because he's hot. <laughs> only. That's the only hot. reason. There's, there's no other reason. Of course, we have Lauren B. joining us. She is a new runaway to the panel, but she is fantastic and also a Marvel fan, and she gives so much good insight you've been giving us tonight. Oh, yeah. We love it. And do you have a favorite Marvel character? I already know what it is, but, you know. Go ahead. Share with them. <laughs> Black Panther. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Spider-Man. You love both of them. I love both of them. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining me again. We are here for episode three, Lord of Lies. This was such a great episode. A lot of happened. And I've mentioned is it gave me chills, and I'm excited to talk about it. Also, kind of it's bittersweet to talk about it. Um, but initial thoughts of everything that went down: we had some reunions, we had some dare I say deaths, we had some brutality, and we had more of this mysterious Morgan Le Fay character. So, what, mm-hmm. what were we thinking on this episode? You know, this episode was so heavy when it came to death. Mm-hmm. It was just death after death and a lot of heavy themes. But for some reason, it didn't have the same punch that the first two episodes oh, had. really? So even though these characters were being killed off, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, wait... Yeah. I thought that this would, like, come later. This is coming really soon. Mm-hmm. And then there's always a part of me that's very skeptical. Like, is this the end for them? Because yeah. it is Marvel. Like, right. you know, you never know if someone's just going to, like, come back or, like, if there's some sort of, like, mystical force involved. So right. for me, I'm never, like, fully settled. <laughs> and it doesn't fully register because I'm always thinking, is this really the end for yeah. these characters? 
So I like the episode. I just felt like it was too many at once. Like at least spread out the deaths a little more. <laughs> yeah. Very good point. Very good point. Lauren, what were you thinking? I agree. It was a very heavy episode. Very entertaining in mm-hmm. a sense because of all the deaths. It kept me on my edge of my seat. It's like, who's going to go next? <laughs> right. I was like, oh my God. And then, you know, we had this whole situation with Jonah's baby, right. which was extremely... Definitely made me <laughs> frightened for a certain character's exactly. fate and what yeah. could happen. Being so vulnerable, being pregnant with, let alone being pregnant with an alien baby, correct? Alien life form or whatever is really inside of Leslie that glowing belly. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that at, like last episode when I when we kind of saw Janet's fate, I already knew kind of thinking, okay, the parents, the pride, they're going to start dropping like flies at this point. You Lord know. of the flies. Lord of the flies. <laughs> or lies in this episode, as the title <laughs> says. But yeah, I think in a way I don't, I kind of want these deaths to be permanent mm-hmm. because I think that really raises the stakes. It's very unfortunate that this is apparently, quote unquote, the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they, everyone keeps saying it is, but I think that really intensifies everything because, I mean, they're trying to go out with a bang, apparently. Mm-hmm. But it just makes me wonder, okay, did they know that this was going to be the final season? Is this why it's moving so fast? Is this why all these characters are... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Our dropping like <laughs> flies or lies because some of these people be lying <laughs> but yeah very entertaining episode there's some great interactions we have a lot to talk about stay tuned for our special segment and maybe some news if we have some but first topic the reuniting of the runaways because everyone's here everyone's fine um some reunitings with some of the characters that we ship so did you guys have a certain uh particular favorite interaction whether it was kind of like nico or not nico and carolina or uh gert and chase because i mean these are characters that are romantically linked and yet they're finally coming back after kind of like the intensity of the great escape last last episode Mm -hmm. i i do like zavin's interaction with carolina (laughs) there is this diehard loyalty and i think she poses some very interesting questions about fate and destiny Mm -hmm. and you know the fact, like, with her, I feel like it's, like, the ends justify the means. Like, I will do whatever it takes to ensure that Carolina is safe, even if that means destroying Nico, even yeah. if that means, you know, sacrificing whoever to make sure that this prophecy comes to fruition. And I think there's something admirable to that, but I also think that there's something very short-sighted to that, mm-hmm. where it does pose this question, do we have free will if there is some sort of destiny that needs yeah. to be fulfilled? So I thought that was really interesting, but I, I love watching Gavin's or Zavin's dynamic with uh, Nico and Carolina. I thought it was a very interesting mm-hmm. triangle there. Yeah, I'm very interested in it because, okay, Zavin seems so dead set on if, let's say, if Nico was possessed by the sun, she's going to take Nico out, kill Nico or whatever. So I mean, okay, so does that mean Zavin knows exactly how to eliminate the alien? Mm. So if that's the case, then mm-hmm. Zavin is such a good tool. I don't want to call her call Zavin a tool, but a component to taking down, eliminating, you know, the alien. If she, Zavin is so confident of 
being able to take out Nico or whoever the alien is. Right. So I, that just made me, that caught my eye. I'm thinking, okay, Zavin knows how to eliminate this, these these magistrates. So it was just really interesting. What did you think, Lauren? But does she know how to eliminate them physically or she just knows how to like mentally yeah. eliminate them through like a process or a step because we saw in this episode the whole chase scene and she was a little bit more clever with how she evaded them and did more of her sh- shape-shifting techniques to kind of get out of a sticky situation mm-hmm. versus us actually seeing her use a power. We have yet to see her physically use some type of power to just like protect herself right so that was interesting but i do really like her dynamic actually with everyone because she's kind of like the mother that they don't have right now that's kind of how i'm seeing her Mm -hmm. at least in the sense of leading them on this journey of figuring out how to a protect themselves and b be able to really take and stand a ground for just everything that they're doing she's Mm kind of on several different instances, she's kind of reined them back in right. to be grounded, stay mm-hmm. focused, understand the true journey, understand what the real mission is. And we see that with Molly all the time. Yeah. But um, we also see that with Nico this season or this episode. We see that a lot with Nico because of what we were saying before. At any cost necessary, mm-hmm. I will protect. Right. <laughs> I do get what you're saying when you say that she doesn't really have necessarily a physical power the way Molly can just kind of like throw right. someone or, yeah. you know, have superhuman strength or the way that Nico right. can use her stuff or yeah. the way that like everyone kind of like has their thing. But I think her thing is very powerful because it's very much like Loki from Thor. Oh, the fact yeah. that <laughs> he <laughs> can use his trickery and his shape shifting or Jennifer Lawrence's character Mystique. in X-Men, you know? you're able to kind of blend in like a chameleon and deceive people through taking on another person's body. Absolutely. Much like the alien. So I feel like that is really going to come in handy. But what Mm. I think isn't working well right now is that these kids are not working as a team. So they each have their own strengths, but we are not seeing them come together in the way that they should. Mm. I mean, the way to create a powerful team is to use every single person's strength for the greater good. And it feels like a lot of them are kind of disjointed, even though they are together. You know, Alex is off doing his own thing and like, you know, using mm. his intelligence. Yes, he is. Yep. <laughs> using his intelligence to find some things yep. out. And then you have Nico trying to figure out if she's an alien or not. And there's a lot of like inner turmoil and struggles right. with and different trust. characters. And there is no cohesiveness right now. And I think we're trying to get back to that place. And that's where they're going to be the strongest. Mm-hmm. But because they don't have that, it feels like each character has their own objective and interest and there's no core objective right Zavin has her interest of oh this is what i need to accomplish i need to protect carolina and then nico is like well i need to protect carolina right, <laughs> right. you know together to do it they so. all have their own goals and yeah. you know molly is like oh i want to make sure gert's okay like they're not looking out for each other necessarily yeah. they have their own specific concerns and that's going to be a huge shortcoming right no, but that's because they don't trust each other right now exactly mm-hmm. sadly yeah exactly. because they're all accused Using each other. Who's you're the alien? You're the alien. It's Nico. Then Nico thinks she's the alien, but then everyone starts accusing Alex because he's being shady. And then mm-hmm. Chase is just kind of like he's just trying to get back into the, the thick of things and whatnot. And what did you guys think of his kind of conversation reuniting with Gert? It was nice to see Gert kind of be a little softer because Gert can be a little pointed, especially towards Chase and everything that happened. But she yeah. kind of realized the fact that oh he he did. I'm sorry. Like I you did lose your mom in the process of 
getting out of, you know, the hold of the aliens. So it was nice to actually yeah. have, like, something that was softer and more emotional and sentimental I rather was, than yeah. the typical argument that they were having previously. Honestly, I was super annoyed with Gert. Right, me too. <laughs> I was like, really? Was. Like, you know, now's not the time to hold on to a grudge. If someone, you know, did something that really offended you, but, you know, they just lost the one person that they had. Right. <laughs> you know, this is not the time for for petty grudges or for, you know, an emotional response. This is time for you to step up to the plate and be there for Chase the way he would for you. Right. And I, I was really annoyed seeing that play out because it didn't feel realistic to Gert's character. Right. I mean, yes, mm. she tends to, like, be a little dramatic at times and sensitive, right. but... I mean, I feel like she's always been a very empathetic character and a strong character, and I felt like in that moment, it just felt like a one-dimensional character portrayal of, oh, I'm upset, but, oh, I know you're going through this. Are you okay? Like, it just didn't, it didn't, like, you know, resonate with me in a good way. Like, it felt very much like, wow, like, you're really just going to not abandon him, but, like, treat him like an outsider yeah. when he's going through something very intense right now. Especially everything that she's went through in the past with her medication and going behind right. his back and using his identity in order to get her medication and whatnot, so she's mm-hmm. fine. So I think, possibly, I feel like that hasn't been addressed yet. You know, maybe if that will come, in terms of her being properly medicated and whatnot in her right. in her disposition, so I wonder if that's going to come back, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I hope it's not anything fatal, but I wonder if they're going to address that Mm -hmm. again. And maybe that's a reason why she is on edge. And she was even like, I love that you were saying that I was, uh, I agree with you being annoyed with her a little bit, especially with her dad too. She was very, I know he kind of kidnapped her and whatnot, (laughs) but also at the end of the day, he does have her best intentions, especially knowing that Stacy is not Stacy anymore. Right. Or she's not Stacy at this point. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of layers that I don't think Gert is fully grasping. But it was nice that she did have a conversation. And I also did love the conversation between Nico and Carolina. Yeah. And I, oh my God, it touched on my heartstrings about how Nico was in the dream with Carolina and seeing how it was pitch perfect and being married and being so open and vulnerable through marriage and being also queer and gay and whatnot. So Nika realized I'm not that confident person. Like I'm not, I don't know if I'll ever be, I don't think I, I'm not going to be that person. That's not Mm -hmm. me. I can't be that person who is so sure of themselves of marrying in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And I loved her conversation and Carolina being, telling her, responding, I don't want that person. I want you, Nico. You're enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful and they kiss and she lit up and <laughs> I don't know what did you guys think of that scene because that was a really beautiful scene after everything that's happened that was stressing me out later on in this episode but I really that really tugged on my heartstrings. I love that there's you know representation for the LGBT community in this show and I love that it's not an overly sexualized right. you know portrayal of same sex couples it really is beautiful and it's also you know they're, they're two different races too so there's mm-hmm. that interracial dating dynamic going into play and there's also like this you know oh she's an alien and then Nico is is a human oh like there's also this other interspecies thing going on and I think it just kind of shows that like their love is so strong that you know they're willing to fight no matter what obstacles come in their way and it is such a beautiful theme and they're both very strong characters and you see in like the previous episodes where Carolina, in her dream state, in in the algorithm, you know, knows full well that Nico isn't real, but she says something so powerful and beautiful, 
where Nico is like, why are you here? You know, I'm not real. And she's like, because I feel like this is the closest I'll ever get to you. And yeah. if that's what it takes, then I don't want to ever say goodbye. And it was such a beautiful scene. Like, she's willing to hold on to, like, the facade of right. Nico because of how much she loves her. It's almost like a, a fading memory. Even if, if I can't get out of here, then I just want to be with you. Right. Yeah. Despite yeah. Despite her being in that state of being sick and just kind of, I don't know, mm-hmm. dying. dying. She yeah. still wanted to be with her. And I'm like, that's true love. I don't know who else would do that. Like, you know, be there for someone who is dying. So it, it was, I just love their relationship and I ship them so hard. I'm sorry, Nico, Alex fans. <laughs> but any yeah. more thoughts on, on their relationship, Lauren? Because it was, it was really beautiful. And also, I will say, I don't know, what did you guys think of when they did kiss? I'm getting this vibe that whenever Nico is triggered or like whenever she has like a strong emotional reaction mm-hmm. we saw the staff lit up or her eyes go yeah. dark mm-hmm. so did you guys get any sense or it was, interesting. it was interesting like i literally was a little puzzled about it because the last time that we saw her eyes go dark it was because she was more in like an anger like yeah. in an angry state and she, it, it was more negative right whereas in this was scene it was positive very mm-hmm. much so so i was sitting there like Okay, so I'm not quite sure you're you're in this peaceful environment yeah. environment, you're with the person that you love and you're still somewhat losing control. So yeah. is this necessarily always a bad thing? Yeah. And up until this moment, her eyes going black and mm. her skin veins popping yeah, out black. Like, it was always a negative negative feeling and emotion and moment and it always meant that she was going to lose control in a, a more or less in like a disaster state exactly mm-hmm. so now this kind of like shines a different element to who nico is and now maybe this kind of leans into that dream sequence mm-hmm. with lefay saying that maybe there's powers that you have not discovered right. and it's not that this is a bad thing but it's actually something where it can be developmental right. into tapping into a stronger source of your power. So, interesting. Yes. I think that's a beautiful point. I honestly never thought of it that way, especially like, she doesn't have the staff now, yeah. and all of us were so caught up. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but a lot of people were caught up with the fact that, oh, like, who is she without her staff? As if yeah. the staff is where her powers come from. But she was powerful even before the staff. And then right. the staff, in a lot of ways, caused a crazy amount of problems. Right. Um, and then I kind of felt like, well, what's she going to do without the staff? And then you realize she still has, like this inner power that has yet to be unleashed and, and, you know, figured out. So I thought that was interesting that when she loses control, she turns into this, like, demon-looking Yeah, and we just automatically It's not bad to always lose control. Like, there is great power and vulnerability, and that's something that so many different, you know, franchises, like superhero franchise show, that in vulnerability there is strength. And I I do think that we saw a bit of that today. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why... Uh, more uh, Lefay needs to come in and kind of guide her in a sense, and I hope yes. that's not too negatively. But I think that's I think that she's the only one that can really help her at this point because Tina is not Tina at this point. So that's why I'm kind of like seeing it. Okay, she kind of needs someone to help her harness that power, that energy, whatever she's feeling that she can't fully control. Because who else is magical? 
<laughs> other than mm-hmm. Morgan Le Fay at this point. They're you know? all magical. <laughs> um, but Nicholas Kelly said uh, that he immediately thought that the staff was reacting to Nico's hormones. He says mm. once the light starts glowing, the staff's broken pieces was starting to vibrate right. and it yeah. was resonating with her. So mm-hmm. yeah, I thought I thought that was interesting too. Um and then also Brandon says uh the purple eyes that Nico gets is similar to the villains from Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. Both use magic from the same dark dimensions. Mm-hmm. Interesting. More interesting. on that later cuz I love that he brought that up. Shout out to the chat. Thank you guys yeah, for watching. Yes. If you want guys want to shout out anyone, any other comments or yeah. questions. You know, this chat's actually going kind of crazy. I love all of the <laughs> I love all of the comments. I love the interaction. I feel like I'm learning so much just from reading this. Um, because a lot of the commenters are Marvel fans and they're tying it together with other, you know, Marvel mm-hmm. superhero movies. So even Ivan said something, you know, they made Wilder. Uh, well, we'll get to Wilder the Alien yeah, later on. Oh my gosh. Um, but but yeah, these are some really interesting theories. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love this. Keep it up, guys. Yes, both thank Lauren you. and I will be monitoring yes. the chat yes. and chiming in with our opinions. You guys are just a part of this show as we are. And if you're not tuning in live, that's totally fine. Leave a question or comment. Your theories in the comments below, and we will totally chat with you guys or tweet us your your questions and thoughts of the episode because we love talking about this show. That's why yes. we're here. Oh yeah. Um, but before we move on to our next topic why don't we shout out you guys again because you make us the ESPN of TV talk and we really appreciate you guys tuning in and giving us your commentary like you are in the live chat give us a five star rating on iTunes we'd really appreciate that so much and like subscribe to our multiple channels we have so much content we're on multiple shows we love talking about different types of shows and not just runaways we're doing it all okay so until then thank you guys so much for letting us be the espn of tv talk and why don't we get on to our next topic oh yes (laughs) hallmark channel the more you know reading rainbow now i'm just listing shows why don't we get on to kind of a topic of the truth now, we kind of need to know the truth about the alien brother. And there was kind of a little mission that the team went on. They went on to the Minoru household because that's where they have the uh, gadget that can kind of pinpoint the alien. Because we don't know. Because Okay, so remember the scene where Leslie came in mm-hmm. and how uh, Chase's goggles were broken? Yes. So everyone was started to expect a Leslie. And I think it was this episode. Yeah, It was episode three. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they had to go on this mission in the first place. So they finally get the gadget. But when they're there, Nico has a very interesting conversation with her father, who's conveniently out of uh, (laughs) ICU. So what were your thoughts on kind of this exchange? Because it turns out it's not her father. It's kind of like an illusion. We see the raven. We see Nico see a picture of her mother with a bunch of other women and Morgan Le Fay's in that picture, but it's all illusion as well. So what are you guys thinking about this? Because how did Morgan get her ravens or her magic into reality? It was a lot to kind of take in. And I know it's oh, prediction yeah. territory, yeah. I thought, but it was crazy. Well, one of the things I thought was interesting was that, you know, when uh, when Tina and uh, Jonah are trying to find the brother, mm-hmm. you know, they keep referencing the kids, right? They're like, oh, figure out, like, which one your brother is. But no one is like, oh, maybe they're a part of Pride. No one ever suspects Pride right. being one of the brothers. They automatically assume 
that it's a child, which I thought was really interesting and odd, considering that the three of them are all adults, right? Mm -hmm. They're all part of the pride. Mm -hmm. Even though one of them is a child, they're still all part of the pride. So I assume that, you know, if the daughter is Tina, like, wouldn't it be super convenient for the brother to be her husband in real life? Because it would make sense for the two of them to be together as a pair. And then we finally see, you know, Mr. Minoro... And we don't know what he is. And at that point in time, I was like, oh, well, maybe he, maybe he's the brother. Maybe mm, he's right. the brother alien because that would make a lot of sense. But then he just turns into dust and then turns into a crow. And then we're like, okay, so what does this mean? Is this a different, right. you know, dimension? Is he linked to Morgan Le Fay? Is he linked to Maleficent? Right. <laughs> Why is there a Maleficent. crow? Because I'm Maleficent, dead. she has like the crow. Right. Her advisor here, and the crow flies and I'm gets so information dead. and figures out what's going on. And um, we all know that like this crow or raven, it's always a motif of mm. death. It's always a, a way to foreshadow death. And then that's literally what happens. You find yeah. out death is imminent, and I just, I don't understand, like, right. what element they're bringing in. Do you know if this was ever in the comics? I don't know, because my, to my knowledge, Morgan Le Fay was not tied to the Runaways at all. Right. So she was always at the Avengers, she was romantically linked with Doctor Doom, having a child and whatnot, so she was never really associated with the Runaways. So I'm really interested in seeing how they're going to incorporate her. I think they chose this character because she is a sorceress, so you have the sorcery and that kind of ties in with Nico and kind of the dark dimension. She's stuck in the dark dimension. And we're going to have more comic characters that were actually were tied to the runaways in the comics. But that's later on in the season, probably. But you already know because the trailer, the trailer kind of like hinted that we're going to have some very familiar faces joining the runaways very soon. But what did you think, Lauren? Because you brought up Death, the Crow, slash Raven. Right. Robert in ICU. Yeah, because he, he like, crashes shortly after that whole moment. Yeah. We see... It's going awry. Yeah, I agree. Was that his imagination then? You know when he was in the ICU, he's linked up to something. Do you think that it's possible the way, you know, there's an algorithm that Mm -hmm. people are stuck in, because he's under and because he's in the hospital, do you think that he was able to manifest another version of himself that was the crow and was watching himself from the outsider's perspective, being the crow. Like, mm. was that still Robert? Or do you think it was a different creature? That's a good point. It's a, a good, good point. Right. Because the Menors, well, in the comics, I was I was saving, uh, they're known, in the comics, at least, they're, they pl- practice black magic and they're known for wizardry. But right. wizard, the wizard is kind of more so like technology in this in this kind of live action adaptation whereas it's not so magic orientated it's more so Tina has like the magic but even the magic right. is more technologically explained it is it's more grounded so it's i i kind of theorize it as it's Morgan mm-hmm. or Morgan Le Fay. Le Fay. she's kind of the one the one who's kind and of and i took in. it as as that Robert was dying that's mm-hmm. how i perceived it i don't think he was trying to it wasn't him and plus the trickery with she wanted Nico to see a photo of her and her mom. Mm-hmm. And who knows if her mom was actually ever associated with Morgan. I think so. It you know? make sense. And here in the chat, Nicholas Kelly said, um, the Minoro family has kept many dark magical artifacts in their home because that might be a way that Morgan got her way to Nico. Nico. Literally exactly what you said. <laughs> oh uh, he said God. it right before you said it. And then um, he also said, the sorcerer that had ties with Nico was Damon Hellstorm, the son of Satan, 
Which is also interesting. You see, I don't know too much about the comics. I know a lot about mm -hmm. the the Hulu series, mm -hmm. but when it comes to the comics, I don't know how it holds up to that. But I know they did stray away from the yeah. comics. Um, but but yeah, and he was also saying the Minoru family uh, was a very powerful line of dark uh, mm. mages, and that. Yeah, yeah, that, that that there were like a lot of artifacts. I really don't know. This is so confusing no, yeah. to me because I feel like there are so many things we don't know and we can't even use the comics as a right. reference point because this is a different no. yeah. rendition yeah. of that. Right, no, totally, because also, I'll save this more for the special segment of the comic book character because we did kind of, quote-unquote, lost some characters in this episode, which we'll talk more about, but it's hard to really go by the Runaways comics too because I think the show is fleshing out these characters so much and these characters, the pride they were not, they had very small parts in the original comics. Like, mm -hmm. the parents, they were not, we didn't really have much of a backstory. They were very, very uh, uh, non-specific. You know, it was very, like, very summarized backstories, I would say. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I will let you know a little bit more. Uh, stay tuned, though, for that special segment, because we're going to educate y'all on some, like, uh, <laughs> pride members, that's for sure. Um, but any more thoughts before we move on to our next topic? Because um, no, but fun fact, a group of crows is called a murder. Yeah. Well, we got a couple Thanks crows. Thanks for that. <laughs> and a group of ravens is called an unkindness or conspiracy. Interesting. And that's from Renji90998. I think birds are just terrible. <laughs> birds are I just on that side. I don't want birds. them by me. Parakeets, cockatoos, <laughs> like parrots, I like penguins. penguins. I like kiwi birds. Seagulls. Maybe some peacocks. <laughs> That's about it. Hummingbirds. Uh, oh, hummingbirds are very cute. Uh, why doesn't Morgan summon some hummingbirds? <laughs> that would be very nice. So why don't we just get on to the topic of who the sun is? Because we've been saving this for so long, but we just got to rip the Band-Aid off, y'all. Mm -hmm. Okay, so everyone takes the test. Everyone is cleared, you know. But you know what? Before that, though, we kind of have to address another death that happened. This because this leads to the identity of who the son is, mm -hmm. and that's our girl Catherine. And I mean, there was we had the flashback, the beautiful flashback of everyone attending the funeral of Amy, and we saw this beautiful kind of uh, exchange between Catherine and Alex. And despite what you think about Catherine, she still loves Alex regardless. And Alex just couldn't yeah. bring himself to attend the funeral because he just loved Amy so much as a friend. And she's gone now, you know? And despite, like like I said, Al Catherine will die for her child. Mm -hmm. She really would. Yeah. And this kind of led to present day where Catherine is locked up and she's seeing all these people that she kind of screwed over and they're linked to Tamar even. And I mean, it was very hard to see Alex reject her. It makes more sense later finding out why, why he rejected her mm -hmm. so hard and he was being so harsh. And it leads to not only the, the disowning from her son, but her getting, you know, killed in her cell. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on kind of unpacking all of this kind of storyline with Catherine, such a powerful woman who literally had her back up against the wall in this episode, which led to her demise? I think it's hard, given that Alex had one final conversation with his mom beforehand. We don't know if that Alex was inhabited by the alien when right. he had the conversation Which, or if he wasn't. Right. We really don't know for sure and that would definitely change things. Mm. But when the mom passed away, I kept thinking, wow, the amount of guilt that Alex must feel 
because he didn't really maximize that last conversation with her. He wouldn't even touch her. He, like, moved his hand away when she, like, tried to grab him. So, I don't know. I I didn't think that that would happen because she kept trying to use her clout as an attorney as a way of exerting some sort of power and authority with those inmates saying, you don't want to mess with me because I could really help you guys. What do you guys need? How much money is it? But for them, they just felt a betrayal from her because they felt like you've really, you know, caused chaos in our communities. You've really turned your back on us. And money has been the root of you just continuing to live this lavish lifestyle and forgetting about where you came from right. and hurting our community. So And she's been they, doing, she's been doing it for years. They so. violently stabbed her to death. We don't see it, but we see yeah. the end result. And I was shocked. I, I was did so, not expect that to happen. Yeah, I was def I felt chills. It was very ghostly. It was ghastly. Like I for lack of a better term, I was kind of terrified seeing it. I felt for her character despite everything that she did, all the wrong she did. She killed Darius and it, all her wrongs finally caught up with her, you know, especially killing Darius, which was uh, Tamar's man, you know. Tamar kind of got her revenge by kind of having ties to people who were in the system and also uh, Catherine probably put some of those people in prison too, so you never know. Her mm-hmm. being the powerful lawyer that she is and also kind of the corrupt connections that she's had with Pride and whatnot, so... It was tough, and I did have, like, a lot of sympathy for her character being, you know, shanked. I mean, she was violently shanked to death. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was brutal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad they didn't show it. Like, I don't think we need... No, we did not need to see it. Left to the imagination, like, it was probably super brutal. And just knowing, like, Angel's been here before, the, the actor who portrays Catherine so flawlessly, like a boss that she is... I felt so bad. It's like I met this actor who portrayed such an iconic character, and the character's now dead. Like, yeah, I felt. And we really see her stripped down, like in that orange suit. We see like just like no makeup, hair down, yeah. like really different. Like I feel like the costume and the hair and makeup is super important because she always is so put together. Absolutely, you know, always carries Very herself polished. with such poise. Everything is like super tight, almost like she's in the right. military, and then she's just. You know, hair down, like, doesn't really have that that same, you know, mm-hmm. like, still has the same poise, but you can just tell by how she looks, like, oh, she's a fish out of water here, and it just feels like she's trying to overcompensate by using her position and, like, right. feigning confidence so that she won't be attacked. Because all the people that she stepped on are now stepping on her. Right. It kind of goes to show, like, you know, karma and how there's a funny way of things coming back to you mm-hmm. and you reap what you sow. And, you know, even in the comment section, people are like, well, don't you think, you know, they should all go to jail? I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that a good redemption? But I, I don't even think that... It, it was a very unsatisfying ending for me. I mean, what about you? Did you feel satisfied by that end? I felt like it was, like, an easy way out. I felt like this character could, cons- like, she should have continued to be able to live. I felt like, yes, being Shank, okay, but did we have to kill her off? I didn't want to see her die. Mm-hmm. So Episode three. It was yeah. rough. It was absolutely rough. Mm-hmm. So I'm very sad to see that. I'm I'm very sad to see Alex stuck in his ways. Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes it tough because... When you really think about it, here's a woman who was trying her best to, like, rekindle the family, rekindle her love, and put, make rights, make wrongs rights, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
at the end of the day, it just wasn't enough. Right. right? We have to be conscious of our decisions and the things that we do. It's one of the biggest takeaways that I saw from this whole episode because Alex wasn't conscious of how he was feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. and how he was treating his mom. And now he has to live with the decisions that he made in that moment. And you saw it all over his face when he got the news that his mom was killed. Mm -hmm. Did he not smile in the security camera footage? That's what I was just about to bring up. We We didn't see him smile until we saw the security camera footage. Right, because I think they were just kind of toying with us, which was so smart, by the way. The writers and whatnot, the director of the episode, like, you guys are so shady and I love it. (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of like, okay, was that Alex showing that emotion or was... Clearly, it must have been, but then we finally see the smile. So, it was that the brother coming through? I think being... that's just like with Stacy. One moment, it's Alex. The and emotional the... trigger. Yes. Mm, or so, I think in that moment, that was a powerful enough emotion to like make him realize who he was and what's happening. Right. And then the alien is coming back to right. have its own way. And I think you guys brought up was the alien at all influenced? influencing Alex when he was talking to his mom in the in, in prison, you know, like was he influencing mm. how harsh he was? Was that all Alex, you know? So it's it's hard to really like fully judge the situation when you're being possessed by the host because we find right. out he's the brother and he takes Leslie hostage even though she doesn't know. She he sells her the story that we've been found out. They know where you are, so we right. got to get out of here. So he takes her out of the hostel. They're they're out in L.A. by the donut store. He's calling up his dad, Jonah. And that's kind of how the episode And he's been so clever and sly all these episodes. He was in the closet. Come on. Mm -hmm. And we never, like, it was never even hinted Mm -hmm. at that this could possibly be the brother. That's that's why I think his alliances are rather questionable because we want to assume that he's on Jonah's team but he's so hard to get a hold of yeah. that I feel like there is going to be... There's already a power struggle between him and his sister. We already know right. this. We already know his sister is forming an alliance with Jonah saying, you have my loyalty as long as my brother doesn't think he can just overpower us all. We see his sister turning her back on her own mother to form this alliance so that right. she can have more power than her brother. We know that this alien family isn't as close-knit as we they thought them to, to be. Right. right? They're all in vulnerable positions. They're all in host bodies. And they're also not working together at all. We think that <laughs> Father Jonas and... Uh, um, you know, the daughter are working together, but are they really working together? Right. Not really. And then that just leads me to believe that there is something going on with Alex, the alien, and that his, you know, he can go to either side. He can work with the kids. He can work with the aliens. I think ultimately he's only looking out for his own interest. Very much so. So whoever can serve him, he will serve. So maybe he's just sitting back, taking notes, trying mm-hmm. to see how to play his cards mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I don't think he even minds helping, you know, his fellow runaways. Mm-hmm. I don't think he minds. He just wants to help himself. He wants the power. Yeah, he really does. Because if he wanted to be so close with knit with his family, he would have revealed himself right there and then. Absolutely. But clearly, this we have to also take in mind that these aliens have been dormant for so long they've been trapped and now that they finally have these host bodies and all these 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 opportunities for them to wreak havoc and whatnot hell yeah they want to go out and play and cause destruction mm-hmm. like that's totally maybe we're finally seeing our 
100% evil character, which is this alien brother. But we'll mm-hmm. see. I don't know. It's interesting that she brought up the fact that, like, there's cracks kind of forming in this family that's mm-hmm. supposed to be, like, it's actually biologically tied, yet, and I mean, we're also, there's cracks, obviously, in the Runaways team, but it's almost as if, like, I feel like the Runaways is a good example of a family eventually coming together, despite not right. being biologically tied. Right. And I think that goes to show that just because you're a family doesn't mean you have you like each other or you're, right. you're, you have obligations to each other, you know? So it's just, I think I love the kind of questioning of, like, what makes a true family, you that's know? And true. I think that's actually, like, Very love nice. and actually liking your family because this alien family... <laughs> they do not like each a other. A lot of the families are so disjointed except for the runaways. The, despite but, everything. Um, you know, Brandon Bowie in the comments says, you know, Alex ending up being the one with the alien... Uh, inside of him is very much like the comics where Alex was actually the evil one betraying mm-hmm. the runaways. Right. So I feel like that's where the link was between right. the comics and this story here. Yeah. Um, and then Ivan said they made Wilder the alien because they wanted to do the mole comic storyline right. but not make Wilder evil. Right. Because remember they said there's no such thing as right. a villain. So I think that's interesting that they did that. No. And thanks so much Brandon and Ivan for chiming in in the chat here. Yeah, that was a classic storyline where there was a mole and it took so long to kind of figure it out and it took three seasons finally and I love this new rendition of it because even though Alex did turn out to be the mole they really did play with okay maybe it's Nico maybe it's Gert maybe it's even Molly you know all these red herrings Leslie are you kidding me so Mm -hmm. I love this new update live action adaptation that they did of that mole theory because it, it was still the same but it was, like, still an unexpected turn for how everything worked Absolutely. out. And it's like, we don't want to have a 100% character that is a main cast, such as Alex, because there is good in him. There is... I remember seeing that flashback of him being so upset that Amy passed away and couldn't even be at her funeral because he just didn't want to say goodbye. He wasn't mm-hmm. ready to say goodbye. Cause, and even... Last thing I'll say about that, like, it's so hard because that was all a lie. It wasn't suicide. Amy mm-hmm. didn't take her life. Amy was killed. Right. So that's another level that, you know, Catherine was dealing with. She already knew that was a, that was not, she was not here for it. Yeah. She, did, she wanted to be done with pride. That's why when she said, yep. don't blame yourself, it had an extra punch because she's like, no, really, like, so she was, don't blame she yourself. <laughs> she knew. Because Alex, you just see the regret and the remorse. Like, what could I have done? I had no idea. She must have been in so much pain. And it's like, no. She wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But just to think that she had to let her son believe. Yeah, for all those years. That's Mm -hmm. awful. It was Jonah the entire time and wasn't suicided. Just so many levels to kind of untangle. But it's been such a pleasure hosting this show. The first three episodes, guys, has been so amazing. We do have to wrap up, unfortunately. Wait, I don't know about the alien in Leslie's body, though. Does she have an alien baby? She does. I saw it. It's tied to the... um, the family, the alien family. That's the, is it tied to Alex? It's though? Jonah's baby. It's has to be it Jonah's is, baby. It is Jonah's but baby. But did you right? see the eyes? We don't know. Oh, the God. hand. We don't know. So mysterious. It was so evil. I seriously thought that was the alien for sure. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in live. Let us know your predictions in the comments below. We are unfortunately out of time, but where can I find my amazing panel of runaways? Lauren on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lauren B. Mosley. That's M-O-S-L-E-Y. And you can catch me on Wednesdays with all things Vikings. And I'm Mina Nadine. You can find me on Instagram at Mina Makes Magic. You can continue the conversation there with me if you have any theories of your own. I'll shout them out on my Instagram. Thank you so much, guys, for chiming in in the chat. This has been really interesting. We're just, like, flooded with comments here. It's really great. 
Yes, and I'm your host, Ollie Jordan. And follow me on social media at Ollie Dreamer on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to follow us because so you know the schedule of how we're going to be doing the remainder of the season. We got seven more episodes. So we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 